0: Okay, we, um, I'm not going to do a section out of Proverbs tonight because I want to keep our time in the Word uh, uh, brief enough so that we can get into our Zoom chat together. I have been, I told you, as I get a chance, I'll, I'll put, and I, took, I gave you the, the key, right? Just plug in the phrase, God is, in quotes, in your Bible search, and you'll know where I'm going with these devotions. You have to be on the MBT private group page in order to see them. I don't know if that was a strategic error, putting those there or not. I don't know if they should have gone on the main page, but uh, that's where I've been putting them. And uh, I'll just do the next one here and, and um, try to remember to post the notes tomorrow to the, to the Facebook page. But, uh, w- you know, what we said from the beginning of this uh, pandemic crisis is this is a time to draw close to God. And we need to see who God is over our life. And so, so uh, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the goal of these devotionals. And so this is the fourth one in the series, and it goes like this. God has come to prove you. Prove is what goes in the blank on your handout. Uh, again, the links for the handouts are always on the website, and they're in the links for the YouTube and Facebook live streams. So God has come to prove you, and and we see this in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 18, where the people, all the people, saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, fear not. Fear not. Why are you seeing the thunderings and the lightnings? Why do you hear the noise of the trumpet? Why do you see the mountain smoking? Why are you seeing the, why why are you getting insight into the awe of who God is? Fear not, for God has come to prove you. He's come to prove you. That his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And that really is the response. You know, whenever you see God for who he is, you're either going to stand afar off or you're going to draw near. And the point that Moses was making to God's people is, is what God is doing. He's letting you see him for who he is so that you'll make a decision that he's worthy, that he's worth being right with, that you'll make a decision that you'll sin not. And so get this down in your notes. This is why we face distress. This is why we face distress. See, God allows situations beyond your control because they force us to reckon where our true allegiance lies. Uh, I hope you got that in your blanks, right? God, you, you need hard times. You need distress. We need these times of trial because it, 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 it pushes us to see where our faith is really at. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, and verse 2, the Word of God says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years, In the wilderness, to humble thee, here it is again, and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. God allowed you to go through that hard time, following the cloud by day, the pillar by night. God allowed you to face this distress. And the question is, is will you withdraw or will you draw near? Will you take me at my word? Will you take me seriously? Or are you going to follow in fear versus faith? So get this down in your notes. It's in distress where we find out if we're full of faith in the Lord and full of love for the Lord. It's in distress where you find the quality of your relationship with God. So you're facing something that that in terms of who you are and your natural wiring, you're facing something that is going to freak you out. I'm afraid I'll lose my job. Uh, I'm afraid... I'm afraid I'm going to lose my my source of employment, or or whatever it is. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my my my, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my spouse. I'm afraid uh, that uh, my kid is going to get into trouble. I'm afraid, you know. There's these things that that whenever you look at them, they're they're just they're just out of your reach. They're just beyond your control, and the temptation will be to freak out into panic. This is where we find out. About the quality of our relationship with the Lord. And the Lord said, here's how you measure it. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. And this is what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 13. Said the same thing. Uh, there, will be, there will be prophets that come up in Deuteronomy 13. And they're gonna talk about what they've heard from the Lord. And they're going to talk to you about serving other gods and going other ways. And here's the response of God's people. Verse 3, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord. Why did he allow that idiot to get your ear? Why did he allow that false teacher to be able to put the word out? Why did he even allow that? He He could have shut that down from the very beginning. Why did he allow somebody to say something contrary to his word? For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his, bo- and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and cleave unto him. So when the options show up, the alternatives show up, we know what God said. We've got the word of God. We've got, we've got the, the, the doctrine, the teaching, the words of God. And yet other false teachers rise up, other quote-unquote believers talk about another way to follow God, and, and God, God, allow, God let that happen. He allowed you to have to listen to that false teacher because you got a decision to make. Is God true or not? Is God worthy or not? Is God worth being right with or not? You've got to make this decision. And so this is the question on the floor tonight. Can you perceive the thunderings and the lightnings? Do you hear the noise of the trumpet? Can you see the mountain smoking? Can you perceive the raw power of the awe and the power, right? The raw display of the power of God. And can you see that he's worthy and worth being right with? And as a result, do you draw near? Is God worth being right with? We end Not all of us, but a lot of us in the Midwest, we end our sentences with prepositions because it may not be good grammar, but it's really good communication. Is God worth being right with? That's the question. Can you see how your Moses, right? The Moses God gave you and delivered you from the bondage of the Egypt of your sin. Can you see the life that he's calling you to, to follow him and to love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? So get this down in your notes. Too many people follow God when it's just their best option. And that's a good thing to do, to follow God when it's easy. That's a very good thing to do. You want to do that. But they fail to follow God when it's personally difficult. They fail to follow when it hurts. See, many of God's people are fair weather Christians. I might be talking to one. You may be a fair weather Christian. You only come out and go along and follow after God when it's nice outside, when it's easy, when it's comfortable. When it's easy, you're in, but when you get hurt, watch out, you quit. Whenever you get hurt or you see what God's doing and you see the way the word of God is calling you, you see the way the, the word of God is leading you, but that's too scary for you, that'll take you outside your comfort zone. That'll, ta- that'll take you to a place that you and your flesh don't want to go. And so, fair-weather Christian, you quit and you get full of fear. Where are those who call themselves by the name of Christ And they man up and they weather the storm so that the work gets done. Where are those that whenever God's leading them through trial and distress, because he's enough to get you through, that they're going to agree with God and say, okay, you got me in the storm. Uh, This is a battle. This is a trial. Okay, God, I'm your huckleberry. I'm in. I'm down. How did Israel fail in this? Uh, Man, The things that that happened to them They're written for our ensample They saw the giants and freaked out Instead of faithing out in Numbers 13 In the desert There's no restaurants like there was in Egypt You know Uh, They couldn't just go to the restaurant And sit down and have somebody come up and say Hey what would you like Uh, You know after a long day slaving Making bricks You go to the restaurant uh, Would you like a side of onions Why yes thank you that would be great out in the desert, okay. All there is is takeout. It's just manna. That's all they get. They get it to go all the time. It's takeout, quail. So they freak out instead of faithing out. First Corinthians says they murmured and they complained and they were destroyed of the destroyer. See, if you suffer loss in Jesus' name and following in His service, like they did in Exodus chapter twenty, right? God is calling them to a hard but right way. Will you still keep his commandments and love him? Anytime somebody who on display, right, you see how they roll in thunderings and lightnings and smoke and fervent heat, and it's the sound of the trumpets of war, guess what? It's going to be no picnic, brothers and sisters. It's going to be a, it's gonna, you have just been given a, a pretty tough road. To hoe. but is he worthy? Is he worth it? Will you suffer loss in his name and just draw near and keep his commandments and love him? See, some of you, you're fair-weather Christians, and if you get offended, you flake. There's some of you that love this church, but the minute somebody says something you don't like, you'll flake out. Because you're a fair-weather Christian. Some of you, now I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about somebody else at some other IP address, okay? Uh, You know, I'm not talking to you. You can go pray for that, whoever. Whoever. Mid- Midtown Baptist Temple member that's over at, you know, that other IP address. But they get offended and they flake out. Because they won't do the hard work of working out problems. Hey, pastor, you said this and that hurt my feelings. Well, bless your heart. Let's talk about why. Let's work it out. And maybe I got to get right with you. I don't know. I'm glad Jesus didn't quit on me whenever I hurt his feelings. I'm glad he, I'm glad he took the wrong... I'm glad he took my sin, my offense, and paid the price of it himself. You get offended, you flake. You know, Psalms 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have they, here it is again, which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Brother, sister, so-and-so didn't treat me the way I want to be treated. And this, but I've been hurt at church. Well, yeah, because it's full of people who are just learning how to follow God just like you. And God said they were so worth being right with. He was willing to die to have the relationship with them. But that's not good enough for you, fair-weather Christian. Uh, the, minute you, you, the minute we teach what the Bible says about whatever social issue uh, that ruffles your sensitivity, well, then you're out. Well, good luck being in right relationship with God whenever you've got a Sharpie and you're just scratching out sections of Scripture because you don't like what they say. I mean, good night. The book says what it says. It means what it says because God's sharing his heart with you. Yeah, there's thunder. There's lightning. There's a, there's, a, there's a burning. There's a smoke. Draw near. I don't have to be right. You don't have to be right. Let's just come to the place where we'll say, okay, God, this is going to hurt, but you're right, and I'm just going to walk into the darkness, and I'm going to meet you there, and you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. If I say something hard, you quit if I say something stupid or forget or fail to do something right by you or something that you need and I miss it. Okay, you quit. Fair-weather Christian. If your brother, your sister, your spouse, your pastor, whoever hurts you, you're out. There's not much to you in that case. You quit. You missed out. You missed out on love. You know, good, real relationships are worth doing the hard work of working things out. Now, that it takes two people to do that, okay? Part of the time, uh, God's people are held up because uh, you do actually say, okay, God, you're worth being right with, and so is my brother or my sister, and you try to work it out, and they don't want to. Okay, you know, don't, don't be, I mean, just don't be that guy. Don't be that gal where you're forcing yourself on someone. Trust that the Holy Spirit is in, at work in that person's life. Give them space. Pray for them. You can forgive them. You don't have to be held hostage. You don't have to be entrapped in bitterness because you're not going to forgive this person that hurt. Do the hard work. If it, I mean, man, God, God forgave us. You, for Christ's sake, can forgive them. I got hurt at church. Whenever you don't work that out and you quit, you end up multiplying the dysfunction of that local church. Hello, in the chat, somebody. You know that's right. If you don't do the hard work of working out the relationships, you are adding to the dysfunction of the local church. Fair-weather Christians, for so many of us, it's time for us to grow up, to get full of faith, not fear, and let God prove us. We're going to be, this distress that we've been brought through, come on, that's nothing. There are other trials in this desert that the Lord is going gonna to lead us by. He's going to lead us through. He's going to lead us in. And whatever God's in, man, I'm in. <laughs> uh, I, our response is going to be to draw near in faith or withdraw in fear. If we love him, we're going to draw near. We're going to keep his commandments. And the proof will be in that pudding. We'll love the Lord with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. He's worth being right with. I want to pray for you, and um, can we do just a like a couple lines of a last song to dismiss? Because I'd like to I'd like to get in this meeting at say seven thirty. Is that cool? Okay, so let's the, the guys are going to just lead us up with just just a short time of worship, and while they're getting ready to to close out with praise, I want to pray for you, Father. We need you, Lord. Help us to see you're worthy. Help us not to be flaky, me-centered, me-monster Christians. Help us to recognize we're not on this planet to get our way or to even have our rights fulfilled. We exist to lay down our lives, loving you and loving your people, loving the lost. And we're going to get hurt, and we're going to suffer distress. And, And I thank you that the Lord Jesus invites us into that, into the fellowship of his suffering. Thank you for that privilege. Lord, help us to be a church that only grows in faith. Don't let us get away, Father, with listening to a spirit of fear. You didn't give that to us. And so, Father, I pray your blessing over my brothers and sisters. And as they listen tonight, and as your word has its way with our hearts, if there's somebody that they need to reach out to for restoration or reconciliation, if there's an issue that needs to get worked out, Lord, help them to not be fair-weather Christians, but faithful brothers and sisters, to be faithful servants because you're worthy. Uh, Lord, help us to be a people that protect unity, that show love, that work out issues, that work through times of distress, and, in the, and, in the, re, and, in, and the result of that is as we just keep drawing closer to you. Father, I ask that you'd bless us in this way, all in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.